Thank you for tuning in to the Springs Church Podcast. Here, you'll find messages that are powerful, inspiring, but most importantly, straight from the Word of God. If you're located near Tacoa, Georgia, or in Tacoa, Georgia, we'd love to see you on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Enjoy today's message, and remember, we love you, Tacoa. A serpent spoke. In this Bible, a tree can hear. In this Bible, a wind can hear. The sea can hear. In this Bible, men spoke from their heart. In this Bible, from the standpoint of repentance. In this Bible, God speaks. In this Bible, we can hear God's voice. It is important that we understand his word. It is important that we understand what God's trying to tell to us. It is important that we read his word because that's how he speaks to us. Somebody say amen. If you want to understand God, you have to know his word. You can come up with your own opinion and say, this is how I think how God thinks. This is how God looks like. This is, how God, this is what God says about this. It's, your opinion doesn't matter. Your opinion doesn't matter. Your view about how God is, what God thinks. Oh, I don't think God thinks that way. God will not do this. Who are you to come and have your own opinion and say, this is how God, this is what God thinks. This is what the word of God says. So if you really want to know God, you have to read the word of God. In this book, God spoke from a standpoint of strength and majesty. It is important that we understand his word. Why do we read this word? Why do we read? Why am I encouraging you guys to read the word of God? And, and why should we read? Why should we spend time? Why should we spend time to read the word? Why should we? Why, why should we? Why, why you should spend time of devotion and to open the book and to read it? The reason we do that, the reason that the word of God should be a priority is because we want to know God. Let me say that the reason that you need to spend time in his word, the reason you want, you need to spend time, not on your opinion, not what people are saying, not what the social media is saying, not what your Bible, your teacher, or, or your, your, your university president tell you. The reason you have to read the word, because the word of God tell who God is. If you want to know who God is, you have to go into the word. A lot of us read the scripture not because, not because we want to know God, but we read the scripture because we want to be religious. Let me say this again. The same guy that I'm telling you to read the Bible, I'm telling you, some of us read the Bible for the wrong reason. We're not reading the Bible because we want to know God. We want to read a, a, a Bible because the Bible has a lot of great values. How many people you know, they don't go to church, but they send the kids to church, right? on Wednesday, but they never set foot there. You know why they do that? And there's nothing wrong with that. They say, I may live my life the way I want to, but I want my kids to have good values. Because we know the, the Bible has good values. And a lot of times we read the Bible, not because we want to know God, but the Bible has good principle that we can live by. You know, don't steal, don't murder, don't cheat. You don't need, you, that's, that's good stuff. But the main reason you read the Bible is to know God. Our highest reason that we should be passionate about his word is because we want to know him. 
because we want to experience him. Some people read the Bible for edu educational purposes because they have to, to write a book or because that's what they do. Because if you go to secular school, a secular university, they have Bible classes, but those people, they don't care about knowing God. They just want to read the Bible. They just, it's research. And it, the Bible has a lot of historical facts. A lot of archaeologists find the Bible because they want to find where the old building, like how old people, like people from the old days, how they used to live. They read the Bible just to find out about that. But they're not looking for God. They're just looking for information. And a lot of us read the Bible to judge people, to say, hey, the Bible said this. They're using the scripture, and they don't even use it for themselves. Oh, I'm not going to step on something too right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they don't even use the Bible for themselves, but they use the Bible to judge somebody else. Not because they're using the Bible so they can be edified. They're using the Bible to point their fingers at other people's sin. They're not looking for God. They're just looking to use the Bible so they can put somebody else down. Somebody say amen. And we should read the Bible because the reason we should read the Bible is to know God. This is what it says in John 17, verse 3. This is what it says. This is eternal life that they should know. This is what the meaning of life is, the whole purpose of life, the whole reason we exist, that they should know the only true God and the one who sent Jesus Christ. The whole reason we are here today is to know him, is to know Jesus, is to know Jesus. The Bible says, in the beginning, God Everything that we do, the reason we read the scriptures is because we want to know him. Not because we want to ad adapt values or, or some certain principle in our life, but we read the Bible because we want to know Jesus. You see, most of the people that write this book, most of the people that their names in this Bible, they didn't go out to say, I'm going to write a Bible, I'm going to write a passage. They didn't go out and say, hey, I'm going to go and, and, and start writing Psalms like David. The reason that they wrote the Bible it's because they had an encounter. Based on that encounter, and with an encounter, the Bible was written. Based on the experience with God, based on the experience with God, somebody wrote the, a Bible, but somebody put their name in the Bible. But they, at first, they never, they didn't, they didn't go and say, I'm going to write a book. That was not the purpose. Their purpose was, I'm looking for God. When, Mo, when David wrote all the Psalms, his purpose was not reading a psalm to put in the Bible. That was not the purpose of the psalms. David was so in love with God in the desert when he was looking at the sheep and stuff, he was just playing psalm because he was pursuing God. And I know that he probably didn't have a Bible. There were no iPod. You know, the only time they didn't, they, he didn't have, you know, they, not everybody could carry a big old scroll in the, in, in the garden wherever he was looking at the sheep stuff. But his heart was so in tune, so in tune with God that he to spend time. And David probably sitting there looking at the deer. You know, the deer drinking the water. And because he wanted to know God so much, he, want, he was pursuing God. And then he's looking at the deer drinking the water. And because his heart was so full, because he wanted to experience God, he said, as the deer, ooh, as the deer pent for the water, so my soul pent after you. That he wasn't looking to write that. It's because he was pursuing God. And somebody said, oh, David, that's a great song. Let's put it in the Bible. Are you getting this? Because he was pursuing God. When John, when, when John caught up in heaven and he got experience with God in, in heaven, you know, glory, everything's happening, and God said, write this down. He had an encounter. From the encounter, he wrote the book. 
His purpose was never to write a book. It was the encounter he had with God, and from there, he wrote a book because he was pursuing God. So when you read the scripture, so when you read the scripture, when you read the scripture, don't look into the Bible just looking for values. See, when you open the Bible, I'm searching for him. I want to know him. I want to experience him. I don't want just to read it. I want to feel it in my soul and my life. My life is about you. When you read the scripture, it's not just to have good principle. When you read the Bible, it's because you say, man, God, I want to know you. I want to experience you in my life. I want to know the reality of your grace. Lord, I want to experience you. That's the whole purpose that you open the Bible and read it. Somebody say amen. We read the Bible because we want to experience him. Let's take 15 seconds. Pray right now. Where's your hand? Let's pray right now. Father, I thank you so much. Lord, we want to know you. Lord, my desire is to seek your face. My desire to know is to know you, Jesus. Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you, Jesus. I want to know you. Let this church be a church that known for seeking your face, oh God. Lord, we want to see you just more than reading a book. We want to see your glory. Somebody say amen. This is what Philippians 3. And this is what he says here. This is Paul. This is Paul talking. He said, I want to know him. This is Paul telling him, I want to know him. I want to have the same power in my life that was raised Jesus from the dead. I want to understand and have a share in his suffering. He said, I want to know him. What does that mean? Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, right? Paul, before his conversion, he was a Pharisee. You know what a Pharisee is? This guy was a gifted dude that knew everything in the Bible. He could quote the scripture before he got saved, but he did not know God of the scripture. You getting this? Paul, before he got saved, he was a Pharisee. That means that guy was smart. He could quote the, the five books of the law like that, but he did not know God. You can read the scripture, and here's the other side of it. You have to balance because we're very balanced here. You can read the scripture, but you don't know God. Because your intention is not to know God. You're just reading it. So Paul, Paul knew everything. He knew the law, but he did not, he knew the word, but he didn't know the God of the word. And that's a danger for us that even as I encourage you guys to read the Bible, to stand the word of God, but your sole purpose is to know him. Somebody say amen. Paul, Paul, Paul was full of scripture, but he did not know God. He didn't have a relationship. He had the whole Bible in his head, but he didn't have a relationship with him. And in one day the Bible says, Paul is traveling. The Bible says he was, he was on the way to Damascus. He's, he's running his horse. You know, da -da 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 -da. and then God hit him. And then God said, hey, Paul, hey, Paul, why you're attacking me? Paul said, who are you? You see, Paul had information, but he, information, but he didn't have no revelation. Let me say that again. He had information, but he didn't have revelation who God was. And the whole reason we know we go after the Bible because we want to know God. Second thing, the word of God, the word of God is a revelation of his thought and his character. The reason you read the Bible the reason you read the Bible is because, is, because, is because you want to know how God 
things. The reason you stay in the scripture is because you want to know how God thinks. This is what he says, Isaiah 58. Watch this. He said, for my thought, this is God's talking. He said, God is letting him know, this is how I think. He said, for my thought, or not your thought, neither are your ways or my ways. Declares the Lord, as the heaven is higher than the earth, so are my ways are higher than your way, and my thought than your thought. God said, my thought is a whole other level. We don't think the same way. I think that way, you think that way. So how do we know how God thinks? How do we know God's intention? How do we know how God thinks? The reason we read the Bible, because we want to know how God thinks and how God thinks about you. Let me say that. Let me say that again, because that's, that's probably the main thing you need to remember today. The reason we read the scripture is because we want to know God, to, we, want God to, we want to know God, and we want to know how God thinks about us. What does God think about us? Let me tell you what God thinks about you. This is what God, this is what, this is what God tells you, this is how you need to think. He said, fear not. This is God telling you, don't be afraid, because a lot of us are, are bound by fear. Let me put it this way. Phobias, fear, anxiety. And this is what God's saying. This is how you need to think as a believer. This is how you need. To, this is how, this is how the pattern of thinking you need to think. He said, "Fear not. I'm with you." God said, "I'm, I'm not going to leave you. Don't be dismayed. For I'm your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I will hold you with my righteous hand." This is another promise. Put another verse. Put another verse. Um, this is another thing. He said, "And if you, you know, the one thing the enemy does, he he makes you. He brings shame to you. He said, God hasn't forgiven the sin you have done five years, ten years ago, and he keep bringing the shame of some, something you did ten years ago, he'll keep bringing it back to you. And God said, listen to this. This is how you need to think. This is how your mind's supposed to think. He said, if we confess our sin, if you ask God for forgiveness, he's faithful to forgive you and cleanse you from all sin. So while you keep worrying about that shame, you keep carrying that shame, God said he has forgiven you. Are you getting this this morning? Somebody say amen. This is another one. Let's put it in your rest. He said, he said, God, and sometimes you guys have, a, a lot of us have one view. How about if God really loves us? If God, does God really love, am I, God really love? Because some of us, because the way we think, this is what the word of God said. Not only God, God is revealing his thought, how he thinks about you and how you need to think. This is what he said. But God showed his love for us while we were still, still sinners. While you were still smoking that dope, sleeping around, doing everything you were supposed to do, God said he died for you. That's the 21st century bootleg version. <laughs> Somebody say Amen. While we are still sinners, like Christ died for us. You know, and some of you worry about provision, about what God says about his word. God said, God said hey, this is what I think, and this is how you need to think. He said, and, and my God mm, 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 will supply what? Will supply what? Every need according to his riches. And that's why it's important to know God's word. This is a main point I'm going to make here, and this is this is. There's a law they call the law of correspondence. The law of correspondence. The law of correspondence says, it says, whatever that's going in you, whatever that's going outside of your world, your sphere of influence, is directly correspond with what's going on inside of you. Let me say that again. Psychology has proven it. Scientists has proven it. Whatever you see around you 
if you disorganize, you see everything all over the place, it's because deep inside, you disorganize. Because everything you see around you is a reflection of what's going inside of you. If you're nasty, I go to your house, I can't even eat. You know, you have, I'm gonna get in people's business. You got plate for the past five weeks there and you have maggots running around, you know. <laughs> uh, the thing is, the problem is not the house. Because I could bring somebody else who's clean, they clean everything less than five minutes. The problem is, it's inside of you. Everything you see, around your life, everything the way you treat people, because the way you treat people is because something is broken inside. If you have, if you, if you full of bitterness, put the next verse, this is what, this is what Jesus, okay, let, let's get in the Bible because I, we're not pushing psychology here. This is what the Bible says. Let's go to the scripture. This is, that was, that was secular law, but this law is not secular. It's in the Bible. Let me back it up. You ready? I'm telling you, this one's going to change your life. This is what it says. This is crazy. You see, this is crazy. He said, the good man brings good things out of what? In who? And the evil man brings evil things out of what? That's the law of correspondence. Whatever is inside of you will come out. So what does that tell me? If you are bitter, if you are somebody who doesn't forgive people, if you are somebody who has anger, if you if you're somebody who deals with anxiety, everything around you, let's say you deal with anxiety, everything around you when you get out the house, cars make you anxious. Noise makes you anxious. You getting this? Everything you see, because that's what's inside of you, you see everything through that lens. Are you getting this this morning? Yes. If you're bitter, you're bitter, you didn't forgive that person, you keep keeping that grudge, when you, you can't even make a new relationship. Why? You ever met anybody say, man, this, this man is sour. Dang, lemon, how's that? Lemon juice? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, lemon. <laughs> uh, why? Because... You're full of bitterness. And not only you have bitterness toward that person that because you hold that grudge, so everything that you do, you see it through that lens. So the problem is you can't keep up a relationship. The problem is because you got issues. Everywhere you go, as if everywhere I go, it's the same what's happening. Who's the problem? <laughs> I know I'm getting step, step somebody's toe. If you don't forgive, you have unforgiveness in your heart. Everywhere you go, somebody does something, say, so, oh, I'm not going to forgive. You know, they, even though they didn't mean it, somebody just, I know they had that bad, I know they wanted to do that. But because you're so full of yourself, everything that you do is through that lens. So the reason we get in the word, the reason you need to put the word of God inside of you. Are you getting this this morning? Because when you get the word inside of you, if somebody hurt you, the Bible says what? 
to forgive. He said, not to hold grudges. If you're not bitter, you have love in your heart. Everything you see, you love people. Because I don't have no hatred in my heart. Because of what? Because I have love inside of me. That's why you go to the scripture, and the scripture deposit inside of you. And the you see, the reason we go, a lot of, a lot of us went to Bible college. I mean, some of you went to TFC, right? One of the big things they sell to Christian school, they say Christian worldview, right? That's what the biggest thing to store your money. They say, oh, come to Christian school so you can have Christian worldview. <laughs> I can stand that word, but that's why they stole my money. I'm still paying my student, Lord. <laughs> but one of the things they try to sell you, and when the parents hear that, say, you got Christian worldview. Why? Because when the kids come to that school, what do they do? Because everything they teach them, they always throw a scripture there. Everything they do, even politics, they see it through Christian worldview. So it's the same thing when you read the scripture, when you, when you put God's word inside of you, it filled everything that you see. Somebody say amen. amen. Are you getting this this morning? Yeah. Second thing, because you, have, because you know God's word, you have the authority. You know, a lot of us have grandparents who have left wills for us. You know, in Africa and Haiti, wills is a big thing because if the parent doesn't leave the wills, some like wills, wills when somebody testament wills. So when somebody leaves you a land in my culture and Jewish culture, it's a big deal. Here, it's probably a big. It's big deal if we don't leave that will. People from outside of town, fourth, second cousin, seven cousins. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that house. That's the way it is. <laughs> Falek, Falek knows that. Joey knows that. In Haiti, it's, it's no joke. They'll take, your, they'll take your property if there's no will, if there's no paper. The Word of God, in fact, the New Testament, it's a will. It's a will that God says, this is how I've died for you. You have the right to have this. You guys just missed this. It's a will... When the enemy is kicking your butt, he says, hey, I know what God's will says. I know his will says, I have peace. I command you to do this out. You don't own this place. I know God's will for my life. I know God's will for, for my life. He said, no weapon from against me shall prosper. Whatever the enemy trying to, to do to destroy me, I know God's will. So if the devil is, is running around, running around over my house, running around, I say, hey buddy, this is my house. You need to get out of here. Get out of here. You don't have no place here. I'm going to kick your tail. Somebody say amen because you have God's will. Somebody say amen. The word of God is God's will for your life. It's, the God, it's God's will for your life. Somebody say amen. And you don't have to live in confusion. You don't have to live in condemnation. Because the will of God says, he said, now therefore, there's no condemnation. If you feel ashamed of your sin, of your past, let me tell the will of God said, your past is under the blood. You don't have to live in shame. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. amen. The word of God is the expression of God's thought. It's a revelation of what God wants to do for us. It is, if you want, if you want to know what God thinks about you with his word, not somebody's opinion. Why, why do you study God's word? You should be passionate about the word because we desire to know what God thinks about us. And this is where we always bring the prayer thing. 
Remember, when you pray, you can't pray your own thought. That is why I'm pushing you because you know, I didn't move away from prayer. But if you're going to stand before God, if you don't know God's word, what are you going to ask God about? You don't know his will for your life. You don't know God's word say you need to have peace. So how, which, which, which foundation that you have to go and ask him? Which, which foundation that you have the kids running away from God? You don't have, and you think you're just going to go there? But if you know God's will, the word of God said, me and my house, me and Ella, and Emma shall be saved. Let me say that again. If you don't know God's will and that kid's running around, around, they don't know God. When you come before God, there's a, there's a, there's a, he said the, 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 the righteous, there's a verse in the Bible that said the righteous seed will not perish. You know, when your kids are going crazy and you stand before God, but if you know God's word, you're not going to just come rumbling and say, God, do something. He said, God, you say in your word, me and my house shall and I stand on that promises my kids, my grandkids my kids, my great grandkids will know you and I stand on your promises because if you come in there you don't know God's promises, God says what are you talking about, I don't know what you're talking about but when you know God's word, that's why it's important that you know his word somebody say amen, somebody say amen, stand on his promises stand on his, because the word of God is the legal basis that you can approach God think about that if I come here if I come here, if we know we decided a few months ago, the old church decided, this is crazy, you're going to watch this. Let's say the old church decided three months ago, everybody's going to get a $25 gift card. After service, everybody's going to get 25 because that's what we decided. Everybody's going to get, everybody knew it, we promised it to you. Then you came here on Sunday, and you sat down, you know no, we're not crazy. It was written, and you sit there all day long after service. You're sitting down, and nobody bought the gift. Nobody give you the gift card. You're sitting there, nobody's bringing the gift card. You're looking at your time. You know we're not crazy. You know we made the promise to you, and we did not give you the gift card. So what will you do? You will get up, say, Pastor James, I need to talk to you. Where's the promise that you said that you were going to give me $25? Where's the promise you promised I didn't get? What's up with that? You getting this? A lot of us are sitting down. God has promises over our life. Because we don't know his word, we're sitting there. We are missing it. We are missing his promises. But if I know the promises, I have the right to stand up and say, hey, promise me this, Lord. It's the same thing before God. Some of us, you look at your life, you say, God, I know the promise. Something is not, something is not right. Something is not lining up to your promises. And that's when you go before God. And there's a scripture that said, the enemy has done this. Because there's a lot of things that God wants to do, and the enemy stop it. But when you know God's word, you can stand the promises, and you can ask for it. Are you getting this this morning? I know I'm going heavy on you. This is what this is Psalms 82. Psalms 82. Watch this. That's this is what this is what he said. He said they know not neither, nor they will understand because they sit in darkness. 
They don't understand because they don't know the promises of God, so they miss his plan for their life because they have no knowledge of what the promises of God are. They miss that. Are you getting this this morning? Somebody say amen. God's word, last point. God's word is God's system. System. System is a set of principle, procedure, according to which something is done, organized, framework. We've been talking about that, me and Falek. And God's word is the system. This is how God functions. If you want to know how God functions, how he does things, you have to go through his word. Everything has a system. Let me explain what system is. System is like the sun. When God said, let there be light. No, he probably said, let there be light. And when he did that, God doesn't wake up every morning and say, son, run. He created the sun with a system that every morning the sun's going to get up. He doesn't have to say it because he created the universe like that. Everything's turning around like a clock. The sun is running. The universe is turning around. Everything. Everything is organized. Your body is a system. Your heart's supposed to function a certain way. God doesn't say, you, you don't have to press a button. Everything is no that function a certain way to function. I get up, blood is pumping in my head. And if I, and what does the doctor do? If I get sick, because something in my body is out of function. Are you getting this this morning? If I get sick, the doctor, here's a pill. Uh, you're going to get back to function normal because something is not working. Your blood pressure is going high. Here's the pill. You can function right. The whole universe is based on system. God's word. Are you getting this this morning? God's word is a system for us to function it's his ways. This is what he says in Psalms 25. Psalms 25, verse 4, verse 5. He says, show me your ways. He says, show me your ways. Oh, Lord, teach me your path. This is God's instruction, his system. He said, God, and, and David's talking, he said, hey, show me your system, God. Show me your ways. Teach me so I can lead me in the truth and teach me for you all the gods of my salvation on you with all day. The word of God is so powerful. I, I was not part of my, I was saying this. You see, the system is so powerful. I don't care if you're in Africa or Haiti. If you run the system the right way, you'll get the same result. What do, what do I mean by that? The same prayer you do in the U.S., if the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess, you shall be saved. It doesn't matter what language I said. Say the mando pardon, It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Because why? Because it's a system that God placed for salvation. Somebody say amen. This is, this, this is Moses. This is what he says. He said, uh, put that verse there? He said, he made his known way, his system to Moses, his deed to his people of Israel. That showed them the system. You see, Falek, I came here a few months ago. Falek, you came. Um, a year ago when I came in here, the first day we started cooking, we started doing the dinner. Uh, we have a, and then Falek cooked rice. And, and when I took the first bite, I said, hey, stop. I put the fork down. I said, Falek, what did you do in the rice? He said, what do you do? He said, uh, because my culture, we're big on spice. You know, I've, I've been to my country for almost three years. I haven't eaten that rice. When I took that bite, because I cooked, I cooked the same rice at my house, but it doesn't taste the same. But when I taste Falek's rice, I said, Falek, hey, why your rice tastes like rice in Haiti? I said, why are you not telling me, man? I said, I feel like I'm home right now, man. I'm about to speak Creole. That thing tastes so good. 
And Father said, uh, 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 I said, James, uh, you, you know that you, you know what it is, man. I said, what do you, are you spices? What's it? What spices? Spices. I said, what spices? Spices. I said, oh, <laughs> I said, you're gonna send me that spice today. <laughs> he said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I sent you, I sent you the, the, the recipe, and not, not only that, I'll do, a, I'll do a little recipe, I'll do, I'll send you some, some home. So, because of the recipe, I can create the same rice that Phalic did. I can make it taste the same way. Do you ever ask yourself why some of the stories in the Bible are so long? Do you ever ask yourself why God takes so much time? You see the miracle, but he didn't only put the miracles. He didn't just say somebody got healed. He didn't say by them his eyes was open. But the Bible time to describe the behavior <laughs> the behavior and the action that Bartimaeus did. You know why God did that? He didn't just put the miracle. You know why God took time to write about the woman with the issue of blood? That says she lost everything, but she didn't give up. She kept pressing through when the crowd was against her, when life was beating her down. Why did the Bible have to spend so much time to go to details to tell us what she went through to get her miracles. The Bible couldn't just tell us what happened to her. She could say, oh, a lady with an issue of blood got healed. You get it. We know why. You know why? Because God wants us to have the recipe how to receive from God. That's why he spent time. He didn't just write it down to let you know, hey, you can receive that. He said, you can't duplicate what happened to that person. It doesn't matter if you're Haitian or Asian, Japanese. The recipe is the same. And some of you or going things in your life, you don't know what to do. You're dealing with some anxiety. You're dealing, you need God to do something. Nothing is working for you. But if you check in the Bible, there's a recipe when things are not working. He said, he said give him thanks. That's a recipe when things are not working. Start raising your hand. If, if you're in luck, if you're in luck, you have only one cornbread, whatever you're eating, you have a couple noodle soup. Raise him up. Give him thanks. That's a recipe. That's the recipe. If you need a miracle, you need to know how to pray. And you, you think prayer don't, you, you're, going, you're dead, you're dead. He said, God said it, the prophet said it. He wasn't a lie. But Isaiah turned around, the Bible said he turned around and he wept bitterly. And he said, God, give me a chance. For some of you think, there's no way out of the mess you're in. You want me to tell you another story? There was a guy, if you feel like you're desperate, there's no way you, you're at the bottom. You hit the bottom. There's a guy called Jonah. You can get worse than that. He was in the belly of the fish, under the water, in the, in the fish belly, about to digest. You know? Let's keep it there. And he said, hey, that verse prayer, put that 
<laughs> with that verse. From the aside of Jonah, the first verse, Jonah, pray. I don't, if you're in the bottom, you don't know what to do. There's a recipe in the Bible to pray and ask God to help you. And the Bible says, don't you love the Bible? Oh, I love the Bible. <laughs> Watch this. And God said, oh, he said God spoke to a fish. God spoke to a fish. And the fish said, yes, sir. I got to spew the persons out. Whatever thing that's holding you down, whatever thing that's holding you down this morning, whatever you're going through this morning, whatever the chain that's holding you this morning, whatever the addiction that's holding you this morning, whatever, if the kids are run away from God, if you feel like there's no hope for you, if you feel like there's no way out of this, but let me tell you, we have a God. I said we have a God that when we call upon him, he will answer us. He will answer us and God will speak to whatever it is. If it's a fish, he'll speak to it. If it's a sickness, he'll speak to it. If it's a finest father, he'll speak to it. If you can't have kids, he'll speak to it. If you need healing in your body, he'll speak to it. Because we have, we have, we have an awesome God this morning. We have an awesome God this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm about to go crazy this morning because I got, I got some fish in my life that's holding me back. But I'm going to spray, I'm going to pray until that fish Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because what I'm preaching, don't think I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself too. And sometimes the word gets inside of me. I get excited because I have a reason to be excited. Hallelujah. He'll speak to anything in your life. Hallelujah. I feel faith is rising in this house. Come on, everybody, get up on your feet. Oh, I feel faith. Oh, I feel faith. Raise your hand this morning. Oh, I feel faith this morning. Do you feel faith this morning, Father? Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Hallelujah. 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 Raise your hand. Some of you, the fish is your kids. The enemy. The enemy. Has got your kids. The enemy has got your mind. But today, God has given us one of the greatest recipes. One of the greatest recipes. Just follow the recipe. The church has been alive for 2,000 years. I was sharing this with Falek yesterday. I'm saying, it's a good friend of my dad. It's a good friend of my dad, and then he fell asleep one night going to church, going home. He was tired, preaching a revival. I was just talking about the wonders of God and how sometimes a culture, the way you grew up, and religion, not really believing. But those people, some of those people, they rely on God. They have nothing else. And that pastor was on a, 
on the guy, that real on guy, and he lost control. He, lost, he fell asleep on the wheels, close to 30 miles away from his house. I don't know, he probably prayed. He said, God, I'm falling asleep. I'm tired. This is what he says. He know he fell asleep. It's a true story. When he woke up, he found himself. He's called Park, and he's driving on parking. Somebody put in the pocket, pulled the brake. 30 miles away, when he opened his eyes, God put him in front of his house. I know in American culture, a lot of things, because the church has been taking that noodle soup, gospel, I think this thing's limited. And another friend of my dad, a pastor, true story, he was hungry, they have no money. He finished a 40 days fast. You know, in the country, he sat down and said, I'm about to die, Lord, I don't have the money. True story. And while he's praying, a, a bird came and dropped some food on his lap. I'm not talking about something, I don't know. I'm trying to raise your face this morning. That was not part of sermon, but this is my sermon. I hate Kia. I hate Ikea. You know why I hate Ikea? Because I think I'm smarter than Ikea. Every time I try to put the furniture together, I always mess it up. I never want to read the instruction. And my wife said, why don't you read the instruction? I said, I can do it. It's easy. It's just only four tables. I can put that together. And I'll try to put it together and the table is just like. <laughs> and, and she said, babe, why don't you just read the manual? And I had to take it down. And she said, side A, side one, you go that way. I keep looking at the instruction. Yeah, I got that right. Then I put the right piece, put it together. When I follow the instruction, I care has the best furniture. <laughs> but when I put it together, it doesn't function the proper way. And some of us have built our lives because you think you know better. You try to put things on your own. And when we look, <laughs> you have run away. You didn't follow God's principle for your life. And then, what's happening to me? Pastor, I need prayer. I need help. Read the instruction. Read the instruction. If you need prayer this morning, come. I'm going to jump my faith for you. If you need prayer, healing. I know some of you need healing. If you need healing, prayer, whatever you need, come up front. We're going to pray for you. And as we sing this song, let's sing this song.